It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. Phil, we're almost episode 30, buddy. I know it. We're getting there. Powering right on through. I was listening to uh, Keith's Worldwide episode last night, and he's up over a thousand. And I know you, uh, you know, helped start that. Yeah, <laughs> Probably for about uh, the first four hundred or so. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, let's see. Well, Keith, that thing ended in summer of twenty nineteen with him, mm-hmm. and so from this look, it's about three and a half years. He may be at a thousand by himself, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually going on today on the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast uh, after oh. I do this. It's this. Uh, I had 107.5 The Game this morning with Bill <laughs> Gunner. I have this. I have the Spurs Up show following this and then uh, recording with Keith. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the second straight day. I've been like media out. You know, I'm like. <laughs> right. you know, yeah, no carpool interruptions this morning. Yeah, she works from home every day, but Tuesday and Thursday. So no carpool day. I do have to get to the post office uh, for Carolina Rise. Welcome into Inside the Gamecocks, the show, by the way, in case you just stumbled upon us. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy to be here today. We have Chris Phillips at 1130. And then at noon, hell yes. Hell yeah. Hale McGranahan from the Bigspur.com will join us to preview a absolutely massive recruiting weekend at South Carolina. Gamecocks play host to Georgia noon Eastern time, ESPN on Saturday. First hour is always brought to you by uh, Sydney Searfoss, Caldwell Banker, Kane Real Estate, in the upstate of South Carolina, 864-414-5271. I memorized the number just for that, so because I keep forgetting to make myself a note. My hometown of Spartanburg. Uh, Danny Morgan Avenue, she'd help you with all your real estate needs in the upstate. You'll hear the commercial. Please patronize her uh, and her services if you're looking to move uh, to the upstate. As always, remind you, our entire show is presented by Manscaped. Uh, we're going to tell you, Phil's going to tell you more about that later. Manscaped.com, promo code BIGSPUR, 20% off and free worldwide shipping to take care of um, yourself there. All right. Uh, Nanosports chat box. Uh, we encourage you to get in on that. Also, the I help consulting mailbag. We have plenty of interaction later today. But first, I want to address something. Um, okay. Uh, we have a lot of guests on this show. And the idea of the show, in case you haven't noticed, uh, is to get a lot of different voices about the Gamecocks, the SEC, college football, the things you guys want to talk about. Uh, I think today in media in general, be it politics, sports, whatever, uh, things tend to get to exist within a bubble, right? And you don't always get opposing viewpoints. You can turn on CNN, Fox News, you get two different viewpoints. MSNBC is uh, another one. Uh, and I think when you're when you're focused on one team, kind of like we are, and then the broader SEC and college football at times, you know, it can get stale talking to the same old folks. Now, I'm going to tell us this. In this market, there are different voices uh, that cover the Gamecocks or that talk about the Gamecocks, that are the content creators for the Gamecocks, media members, whatever. Um, there are some I don't agree with, personally. Uh, there are some that I do agree with. There are some that generally, uh, you know, uh, I I like, uh, you know, and follow. There are some that, that 
I don't always follow, but you know, if, if we talk to him on the show, that's fine. Uh, I will never, ever, 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 ever submit to cancel culture. <laughs> I, I don't care what little Twitter brigade you have going on. I don't care, you know, if you're tweeting and tagging everybody at the University of South Carolina. And go ahead, tw- you tag me. Say I said this. Tag the University of South Carolina. And tag Ray Tanner, Chance Miller, Shane Beamer, Lamont Paris, whoever uh, the new the new uh, the new president, whoever you want to, the board of trustees. I don't care. I don't give a crap. I will never submit to cancel culture. So if you come at me about something one of my guests say, says, independent of this show, now I'm responsible for what goes on the show, right? But if you come at me with something like that and then say, well, I'm going to get people not to listen or I'm not going to listen anymore, right? then you're part of the problem in this country, okay? Uh, you know, I, I, I could care less, you know? And and I got a nice email today from, from my guy here. I uh, just want to let him know I'm not talking about him, Jerome. He, he was polite about it, but the rest, some of you aren't. So if you want to come at me, come at me. I'm not going to budge. It's my call completely, along with Phil, who comes on this show and who doesn't. And I have my reasons for every guest I have. Now, if something gets unattainable, you know, if if it gets unworkable, you know, that's fine. But I've had a broad enough audience in this market and have for 15 damn years that I'm not going to sit there and let some twit on Twitter tell me how to run my business ever, ever. You can take that to the damn bank, all right? And I hate to get fired up about this right now, okay? But uh, this is just not going to happen. This is something that in my life I do not tolerate. Mm-hmm. I don't do it to others, and I'm not going to have it done to me, particularly when it's not something I've said, but it's totally independent of the show, mm-hmm. okay? If it happened on the show, hey, you got a point. You know, you probably need to edit it or take it out or apologize or something like that. But what happens outside of this show it has, it has no concern for me. And you don't have to like this segment. You can fast forward. You can get out of the chat box and come back. You know, that's the beauty of it. This is America. You have a freedom of choice, personal choice. You know, but what gets me is when you try to lump everybody under one thing because you're mad at one certain thing one person says. That's not, that's not being cool or getting things done or changing the world. That's called being a coward. You are a coward if you do that. If you try because you don't because you want to cancel somebody out there, you know, you want to cancel everything that touches them. That's not how this country is supposed to work. You know, you're free to do it. God bless America, but you're wrong and you're a coward. Okay. It's my call who comes on this show. Uh, you know, and, and obviously you're not gonna like everybody. We have tons of guests. I mean, what are you gonna do when I have David Hood on the talk Clemson? I mean, some of the stuff you guys read on TigerNet will make your blood boil. It makes my blood boil. He doesn't write it. We're going to cancel cancel the show because we because we have to talk about Clemson. They're an opponent, right? And I know you guys keep up with them anyway. So, so what are you going to cancel me? Because, you know, oh, I don't like Tiger Net. Uh, you know, Brad Crawford said some things people don't like, right? Brad's a great guest. You know, don't, don't you know, you, you got something Brad says that you have a problem with, go after him. You know? And, and look, I, I get it. You know, sometimes people, you know, take people off and they make mistakes in their career and you're just never going to like them and you're never going to want to listen to them. You don't like their delivery, their style, whatever. That's fine. That's a personal opinion. I completely respect it. And I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for tuning in every day. And I I don't have a problem with you skipping it. 
but but don't blow up my inbox with veiled threats of boycotting this show because of something one of my guests maybe tweeted at one point last week and you're mad. <laughs> you know, and you got mad because Justin King responded to his tweet. Okay? Which is another subject I'm not touching. Just don't do it. I don't respond to cancel culture. I never will. I hate it. It makes me sick to my stomach. It's what cowards do. And you guys, I hate to sound like Rocky here as I close this up. It's what cowards do, and that ain't you. <laughs> Don't do it, guys. Don't do it. And I, and I doubt anybody that actually listens to the show, uh, our chat boxes are probably wondering what the hell I'm talking about. But I doubt anybody that's actually a fan of the show uh, is out there you know, with, with pitchforks and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I just wanted to address that off the top. It's my call, Phil's call, who comes on the show. It's not yours. Um, if it gets to be a situation that, that we have to handle, we will. But I don't monitor what everybody else says 100%. Of the, I don't have time to do it. I've got a oh, website. Yeah. I, I got this show. I'm on other shows. I have a collective trying to do good things for the University of South Carolina. You know, I, I don't have time to, to be a hall monitor. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to. If somebody crosses a huge line, Right. You know, then, yeah, they won't be on the show anymore. But, you know, this to me was, 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 you know, your question, I don't agree with it, but this was not something that was a crazy line crossing or or toxic as somebody called it today. I'm like, you know, or bullying. I mean, all those like nice psychology buzzwords, everybody wraps themselves around because they're weak. You know, those got those types of words, you know, those got used. And then, you know, and look, I'm not, I'm not a part of any sort of anybody else's behavior on the internet, but mine. And I take responsibility for it. I took responsibility for it over the weekend when I posted something on Big Spur, I wasn't proud of. But the guests on this show are very eclectic. They're different. I like having different voices. I think it benefits you guys. Like in politics, guys, I read everything from Breitbart to the Atlantic. You know, I read the New York Times and New York Post. I read the Washington Post, I read Fox News, CNN, whatever, and I form my own opinions. And I and like you don't have to. You can shut yourself off from any voices that you don't like. But I'm going to tell you this right now. You know, don't don't take it out on me. You know, th- this is my vision for my show is that we're going to have different voices. There are people that have been guests on this show that you know when it was just the big spur of my podcast, I didn't really I didn't really associate with. I don't know them. You know. I mean, I've known who David Cloninger is for 15, 16 years. We used to compete against each other. You know, he was a great guest the other day. You know, I mean, that's my vision for this. It's part of the Gamecock ecosystem. And it would get very, very boring around here if we had the same old people, you know, blah, 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 all the time. Uh, you know, and look, when, when I did JB and Goldwater, I, you know, Gene Sapikoff. I think he's one of the worst columnists I've ever read. He stirs the pot. He, his points make no sense. He tries to connect X to Z to Y and then make this. Bl- I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe the guys just run out of things to, to write about. <laughs> and they had Sapikoff on every Monday and loved him. I never say anything to Jamie about it. So anyway, I just, just you know, don't come at me with cancel culture. I, I just I can't stand it anyway. But while we're digressing, though, we should address the Brian Breesy situation. And yes, say, I do want to say condolences. Yeah, uh, condolences. Brian, close to the defensive tackle Brian Breesy, his uh, sister Ella has passed. And uh, for those of you that hadn't, um, you know, heard about it, she was battling cancer. And 
I'm just very sad that she, you know, passed away. And um, it's always sad. I know, mean, we're we're you know more on the field, but we're all one state. You know, Brian's a good kid, and you know he he was you know during the recruiting process a, a, a new. I knew some people that dealt with him. Always a first class guy, first class family, um, and you hate to see that uh, happen uh, with anybody. So thoughts and prayers, condolences go out to clubs of football, Brian Breesy, all that. All right, Nana Sports chat box is alive, as you can tell. <laughs> Brian says, "Morning, fellas. Morning, Brian." Xavier yeah. says, "The X Man listening for beautiful Omak, Washington today, guys." Uh, Clint sends his condolences uh, to Brian Breesy and his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Fowler, morning gents. Love JB rants. JB's rant yesterday on the show with that. Your thoughts on coach Lindsay, go Cox and Semper Fi. As always, what do we say to Jeff Fowler? Thank you for your service, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I think his defensive line needs to get better. Uh, I think a lot of these guys have from the previous staff. They were young. I think, you know, you look at Boogie Huntley and his progress and stuff like that. But I think there's an expectation that they're just quite not so far that they just quite have not met through 15 games. You know, I, I think he's recruiting well. I think I think he's a great guy, great coach, well liked, all that good stuff. Um, and so that's um, that's my deal there. And you know, I, I think that look, Jimmy Lindsay is probably not going to be on the chopping block, uh, you know, uh, uh, unless the defensive line just completely collapses this year. (laughs) But I'll say this, uh, if and when he does move on from South Carolina, Travian Robertson sitting right down there at Tulane, I think that's a layup for Shane Mm. uh, because he's really, really good. Who do you think coached Jordan Strong to be the nation's leader in sacks? Uh, (laughs) All those good defensive linemen Georgia State had uh, the other night, you know, with technique and stuff, he he actually – you know, Brad Lawing was at Georgia State for a little bit and then health issues caused him to resign. Travian was his GA. So uh, we all know how good of a technician and coach and recruiter Coach Lawing was. And so uh, I'm not saying that's definitely what's going to happen because I've been surprised before with coaching hires and I'll be surprised again. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I think that there's an answer, a Gamecock answer out there, uh, if indeed the day comes where you need it. Uh, X-Man says, stick to your guns, JC. You aren't wrong. And, yeah, look, I'm not defending anybody's opinion that, I, you know, any kind of bad take that you guys think are a bad take or anything. I'm defending myself. I, I just, you know, I was shocked people were coming after me about it. It's like, let's look for anything we can, you know, to, to, to prove our little point here on Twitter. And I just don't, I don't play that. Craig says, Craiger. <laughs> Damn! Damn! Number, hey, there's number one, Phil. Number one. <laughs> number we one. That's Damn. an inside joke, by the way. We're not going. And we will cut it off at that. Sad, <laughs> Clint. Uh, condolences, pulling. Let's just put the condolences up uh, back yeah. to back here for Brian Breesy's sister, uh, Jared. And, um, okay, so now, so now we got this other. Good for you, JC. John says, "Thank you." Um, Jared says, "Chris Phillips, have an exciting morning too, JC." I know. <laughs> I know. Nectaria says, I think I missed something. Jeff Fowler says, you missed nothing but BS the end. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's, it's over. It is BS. It just had to be addressed. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. Big Spur, 20% off, manscaped.com. Yeah, manscaped.com. Yeah. Les says, what up, killers? Saunders says, please don't take this the wrong way, but this is the definition of feeding the trolls. Uh, it's a hit it and quit it, Sonder. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a quick address and then quick let's address. Do and let's do it because I had to get it off my chest. That's kind of who I am. You know, you can 
Phil knows me. <laughs> I've known Phil 15 years and all that good stuff. Well, we're, yeah. we're, we're, you know, Chris is coming on the show in 13 minutes. We're just we're going to talk football. I mean, we're going to talk Georgia, South Carolina. That's yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw her with a, a very nice, um, you know, Ella. Yeah, you know, my, our kid, our youngest kid, one of his girlfriends is named Ella. So that's a beautiful name. Oh, mm-hmm. God, just. I don't want to go from being angry to crying. I oh, know, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're, I mean, I, I we're going to run the whole gamut of emotions here. Yeah, we're even, uh, getting emotional right now. Um, my boy Andrew chiming in, big P, big yeah. AP, uh, former Gamecock tight end, by the way. Uh, know his family well, JC from the top rope. Uh, Scar one, good morning, fellas. Twitter and YouTube is all about drama. I compare it to the CB Cowboys back in the day. <laughs> yeah, they got all the CB and they used to just like, oh my God. Some of that stuff was like got pornographic. And it was like x-rated on the CB, you know. So mm-hmm. it says, what a morning on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, got, I was up real early this morning. I like, I was on with Gunner and I was like retweeting like, oh, look. I was like, it's like, a, like a, it was a real Mrs. Doubtfire type morning. It's like, oh dear, look. Oh, this is uh, this is so nice, and, and this is so nice, and all that good stuff. Uh, so uh, I didn't realize there was all this drama until I started. I got emails about it. It didn't even come on Twitter to me. I guess people don't know my personal Twitter account, but uh, yeah, I was just retweeting everything. Um, Jan says, "Ah, oh. yeah, yep, it's sad. It's sad." Oh no, man, Jan, I didn't know that. Yeah, sorry for your loss, Jan. Another mm-hmm. buddy of mine. Big JB, the beer tree. Uh, he's a beer tree artist. Ah. Yeah, you, you'll know what I you know what I mean. It's, it's mm-hmm. a, we'll get a picture up. We'll get a graphic next baseball season, or maybe maybe at the Kentucky game in Lexington. Who knows? Ah. Uh, Brian says we'll be leaving when TSUS comes on. That's fine. I don't care. I mean, I, you know, come on come, back at noon when hail's in. You know, come on back. Hell yeah, you know, you can take a break. Heck. I'm surprised more of you don't take breaks. Uh, <laughs> heck, it's on podcast format, too. You can just fast forward right through if you want. Uh, Clint says you have every right to be Brian. Nana Sports Chat Box, rolling along. Lots of very nice things you guys said about Ella Brisi. And, um, you know, uh, it is sad. It, 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 you know, I, I saw the picture today and the, uh, the Instagram post. I mean, it broke my heart. Really, it broke my heart. Yeah, that's kind of originally what you know we we're going to come in here and focus on. So, you know, but then, honestly, that's uh, very sad. Thoughts and prayers out to the Breezy family, the Clemson football team, uh, all those folks. And it's a rivalry on the field and really off the field too. But uh, when things like this happen, tragedy, you know, it, it's we're all on the same human team. We're all one state. So. You know, uh, Lance says, so how are we doing today, Killers? <laughs> doing well, Lance. Doing well, other than, <laughs> coming in hot. <laughs> you know, coming in hot other than cancel culture and the tragedy. Than that, yeah, it's like, woo, we're all over the place. I was up late writing a eulogy last night, too. So it's yeah, like, that even is really great. Bump. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right. So um, I help consulting mailbag. I help consulting. How can I help you? Give my friend Daniel a buzz. If you want to save money and you own a business, uh, you'll hear the commercial. Uh, Isaiah goes, hey, JC and Phil, hope you guys are doing well. I just want to know your thoughts on possibly having to carry and Jordan play the wide back position when healthy 
and having Bell play more receiver. Um, I don't. I I, I thought all summer because because my whole thing with with the carry on was this. And look, he's had a hamstring issue, so he hasn't played a whole lot, right? Yeah, hurt if at all. I mean, he's he's not been he's been injured. I don't I don't know that. I don't know that Shane has talked about that enough, maybe, because people now are kind of starting to scratch their heads and go, why isn't he playing? Uh, but he's he's mentioned in passing a couple of times. Um, I, I think he is a wide back. I, I think from scrimmage is more his strength than than maybe like route running and getting vertical because he's so elusive. Uh, I still think his best position is quarterback. Uh, I also will say he has another year. Uh, he could compete for the starting. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I maybe have a crazy view. Another year. <laughs> I think he's a quarterback and just a quarterback. You know, I, I think you could use him in different roles. He's athletic enough to get by. But it, but if you want to truly maximize his talent, he's a quarterback. Yeah, you know, that, that a, appears to be his strength. Yeah, mm-hmm. Not a put him in the wildcat for one play quarterback, a guy that you put in there and give him a series or two, and uh, or, or he's a starter. I mean, you know, you can design an offense around this guy. I, you know, I think, I mean, just because of his elusiveness, his natural ability, um, is he going to wow you with a ton of uh, laser beam accurate passes all the time? Nobody's accurate enough. You can throw him the run well enough. His arm strength's good enough. Uh, plus, he's got lots of – I think a lot of times, Phil, players are at their best when they do what is instinctively – what they are instinctively comfortable with. Right. And, and you can tell, whereas receiver for two or three years was a work in progress for him. Uh, think you know, returning kicks was was better, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but quarterback, he, he just he has a lot of instincts, and you gotta you can't just throw him in and say, all right, either hand off or keep it uh, for one play, and then take him out. I think I think he needs to get kind of in the flow of the game, and you know, all that. Is he gonna get? Is he gonna throw? Is he gonna go nine for nine or or? complete every single one of his passes like he did against North Carolina every time out. No, that's unrealistic. But the two times he's had game action, like for an extended period of time outside of Charleston Southern, which was, I've said many times until Eastern Illinois came along last year, Charleston Southern is the worst team I've ever seen Carolina play. Um, he, he, he's done well. I mean, think about the second half of the last time Carolina beat Georgia. He played almost the whole second half. Yeah. Uh, and you start thinking about that. Like, this guy's never played. He's going in in Athens. It's going to be a disaster. And yeah, Carolina never went on a scoring drive or anything. <laughs> but he he completed some passes for some first downs. Got it out of the shadow of the Bulldogs' end zone, uh, as Muschamp would say, held with the vertical field position. <laughs> and uh, the vertical, yeah, it was the vertical field position. The vertical and, field uh, position. And uh, and and Carolina won the game. And, you know, had, had they put somebody back there that would screw things up or turn the ball over or fumble or whatever, Carolina would not have won that game. Yeah, you're not That's tied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Biggest win this program's had in a while. So, and then North Carolina was a big win for this program. So, when he's played quarterback, things have worked. As far as him playing wide back, you know, the wide back thing, uh, Isaiah, is supposed to be kind of like Debo uh, and move around. With like you mentioned, Jaheim, he's supposed to move around anyway, is my understanding. Um, so, so I don't know that that leads to Jaheim getting more touches at receiver or not. I, I, I need to, I don't even know if I can find out like what exactly the, the designs are there with that. 
uh, or if there is a wide back. I, I do know this. Your heart's in the right place. Your mind's in the right place. Uh, because Jaheim, to me, needs to be out wide a little more with more targets in the passing game and all that. I mean, yeah, I don't remember Debo getting a single target in the first one coming in the second half of a game before. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and I, I think this, too. I mean, it's almost like deja vu from last year. I said it all last year. Jaheim Bell is not a tight end. Okay. <laughs> he is not a tight end. He is a he, He's probably a receiver, first and foremost. Right. Uh, he can play tight end, but he's not a tight end. And, and even Satterfield said it the summer. He's not a tight end. He's a wide back. Uh, I, he, he was not a running back either. No. <laughs> you know? He's a, he's a, he's a, he, I think he's a receiver first and foremost. And it's look folks, it's no coincidence. So, so Joyner played what's called the F position all year last year. It's no coincidence that when you, you, you take Joyner and put him at quarterback, and then you put a guy like Bell over there and a guy like Amarian Brown over there, the, the passing game got better. I mean, you think about this, Carolina's passing game was, you know, I wouldn't say dominant, but I mean, because they rushed for 310 yards in that game, but it was, it was, it helped. I mean, it allowed the Delta to get start all that. You know, it's no coincidence the passing game looked really good and smooth operationally, despite playing two quarterbacks and rotating. When Jaheim was over there, and then here's another thing: Josh Van didn't catch a pass in that game, and he was really the receiver. So, you know, think about it. Think about it. You know, (laughs) Jaheim needs to. I think Jaheim needs to be out more. Why? You want to give him the ball? Some great. You know, you want to play him at a traditional tight end spot? Some great, super. But but he needs to also be involved in your in your vertical passing game. How about Mm -hmm. that? I don't think that was a must champ, is it? I think vertical field position. He'd always talk about that one. Yeah, vertical field position, definitely. Yeah, yeah when, when we talked about the punter. It helps with the yeah, vertical field teams, position. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Nana's porch chat box is blowing up. Uh, we're going to get back to that after we get done with Chris. We got Chris for about 20 minutes. Chris Phillips, Spurs Up Show. Coming up on the other side, right after these messages. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you 
with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccerfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it, let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. What's up, this is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecocks Show with J.C. and Phil. All right, thank you, Jaheim, and welcome back, everybody. Here we are in the top of the, the bottom, rather, of the first hour, what flew by fast. We're, of course, first hour of the show is sponsored by Cindy Searfoss Realty. Uh, give Cindy a call for all your upstate real estate needs, 864-414-5271. And the show, of course, is presented to you by Manscaped. Use the code BIGSPUR for 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. Welcome in, Chris. What's going on? Good morning. How are y'all? Good. good to be with you today, man. Uh, JC, I'm lo- I'm loving the new haircut, man. That's uh, looks good I, on you. Hey, I, I said I was gonna not gonna cut it. Yeah. Game lost. They lost. I actually saved myself uh, 25 bucks and did it at home. 
I love it. Hey, hey, I, I just respect you're a man of your word, man. I, I, that's incredible. It looks right. great. Looks great. How, how's the uh, how's the what fiance, wifey, girlfriend? Doing good, great. Doing great. Yeah. She she uh, she rolled through here a little while ago to wish me good luck okay. on the show, and she sometimes yeah. listens. Still on the phone with her mom right now. Her mom speaks Thai, so there's a lot of mm. uh, foreign language conversation going on. It's probably about me. I don't know anything about it. I'm just like you know, and they're like, he's a bad man. Yeah. What is he? What is he thinking with a haircut? Uh, it's kind of crazy. Uh, all right, so Chris, I'm gonna throw something at you. I I, uh, I wrote an article today on thebigspur.com, and I went back and looked at the history of Georgia South Carolina. And you're familiar, uh, probably with all the past games because I see your countdown, and it's like the the a 100 best, 100 of the greatest moments the last 30 years of Carolina football. I love, I love it. Uh, it's, it was the highlight of my day. And even like on Facebook, you'll go back and you'll see some old ones if it's good. Um, so started looking at this game. 22 games, 14-8 Georgia. Uh, a lot of close losses for the Gamecocks, some close wins for the Gamecocks, some close wins for Georgia, a couple blowouts here and there. Uh, one blowout for the Gamecocks, several blowouts for the Dogs. In most of those 22 years, Georgia had more talent, okay? What I found was the common theme in all of the games where Carolina's either played them close or it's been competitive or Carolina has won – the Gamecocks were able to match Georgia's physicality and toughness. Uh, and that's like 08 when Carolina lost to freaking Vanderbilt the week before, came back, played Matt Stafford and those guys 14-7 at home. Uh, that's 17-15 uh, Spurrier's first year. That's that, that, that was, You kind of look and, and you're like, and this game uh, traditionally has been a war. You know, yeah. you, you turn on South Carolina, Georgia, the first couple of weeks to watch SEC football because that's what it was. It embodied it. A lot of pod, pad, uh, pad popping. I still remember sitting in the north end zone in, in 16. The, Dondrell Pinkins, the Gamecocks are driving after blowing a 2016 lead. And I think it was Greg Blue hit Pinkins so hard you could hear it from where I was sitting. <laughs> uh, and that's what Georgia, South Carolina is when it's good. Hmm. I think <clears throat> even look at the game, Carolina won in Athens. In 19, Carolina matched their physicality. I think that's a big key for this weekend because when they don't match Georgia's physicality, they usually get boat raced. And um, mm -hmm. I think that's that's uh, probably an understated key. We've talked about X's and O's and all that, but I think that's under, understated. You got to go out. You got to man up. You got to play tough. You got to play big boy football this weekend. Yeah, JC, I was actually going to bring that up, too. I'm glad you do. I saw your article on thebigspur.com, and I, I totally agree with you. Physicality, especially on the defensive side, right? You, you mm -hmm. think, I mean, I know we had that 35-7 to game in 2012, I think a 2011 really high scoring, but a lot of these games in the series, especially when they've been close, have been those low scoring, like you said, like just nasty SEC battles in the trenches. I mean, I think back, you know, when I first – Started watching the South Carolina Georgia series intently as a diehard fan was uh, 2003. I think that was my first real South Carolina Georgia game, remembering the game vividly. Um, <clears throat> 2004, you bring up heartbreaker. I, I mean, an absolute heartbreaker. But, uh, you know, even in Spurrier's tenure before they were beating them, 05, right, was a really, really tough game. Um, yes, I mean, there, there's been physicality for sure over the years, and where you've seen that kind of get lost, you've seen the scores inflate, right, especially on the Georgia side. So I, I agree with you 110%. You know, we've preached it the first three weeks of the season. Uh, Georgia State, you need to be physical. You knew what they were going to be all about. Arkansas, heck, we know what they're all about. Georgia's just going to be more of the same, and I think at an even higher level. So, uh, I, listen, I, I'm sure that's the emphasis in the building this week is just win, win the battle at the line of scrimmage, win the battle at the point of attack, and be the more physical football team and simply put, line up and – 
and whip the man in front of you. Because yeah, I, I look at Stetson Bennett's passing uh, statistics right now and over 300 in the first two games. But I, I still, when I think of Georgia football, you know, I, I think of line up in the eye formation, run it down your throat. And, you know, you have to think they're sitting there in the film room this week thinking that's a, that's a matchup they can obviously exploit and win. So <clears throat> I do agree with you, JC. I, I love the sentiment of your article. When you look at this South kind of Georgia series, you know, again, there have been times where it's been high school. Hey, 2014, right? That was probably – that was maybe my yeah. most my, – or my favorite game in the series in regards to just an overall entertaining football game, watching Spurrier do his thing and, you know, Georgia, Carolina and Georgia go back and forth. So – um, yeah. it, it, most of the time, like you mentioned, it is physicality. It, it is getting after each other's throats, and it's an all-out war. And, you know, that's what you hope to see in this game on Saturday. Yeah, bring it back. Even in that game, too, though, I, I, it was – you know, South Carolina's defense obviously left a lot to be desired. But, you know, you kind of look at it, Brandon Wilds goes off left tackle yeah. for a, what, 25-yard yeah. touchdown run. And then I, I mean, had, I mean, the game, the game I, came I, down to a fourth and inches. Yeah, yeah, the game came down to a fourth uh, and inches. That, that kind of uh, summarizes Count of Georgia. You got to man it up against these guys. Georgia, that's the DNA of Georgia's program. They, they, they Sometimes they haven't been good, okay? We'll be honest, over the years, Georgia sometimes isn't, isn't very good. But they're always going to bring their lunch pail. They're always going to be physical. And like you said, they're always going to try to run the football. That That's kind of who they are. Uh, I think this year they've done a pretty good job of being balanced through two games. And I, yeah. I kind of felt the same thing about last year. I think Todd Monkins adjusted some things without getting away from the base. But um, you're right. I, I think Carolina's going to have to uh, step up on, on the defensive line uh, and, and play big boy football uh, this weekend. I think linebackers, safeties, corners, whoever. I mean, they're, they're going to have to play. And, and very- it's a great – I was just going to say, JC, it's a great week to challenge those guys. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, we, we, we give we give critical analysis and takes and opinions and the statistics say what they're going to say. And bottom line is statistics don't line up well in this game. But if I'm if I'm those defensive coaches, especially on the defensive side, if I'm those those guys in the building, it's like, dude, you were rated what you were rated for a reason. You were recruited here for a reason. Georgia wanted you for a reason. Like, let's go out and prove it. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe, maybe try not to be defined by what the first two weeks say. I know that's tough. I mean, listen, Georgia's got their guys, and do I love the matchup? No. Am I going to make a prediction on it? No. But if I'm those guys, I'm challenging that defensive front, man. Like, at some point, 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 Coming back now. <laughs> right. By the way, Jared, you bet your butt that was a Steve Winwood bust out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you didn't see nothing yet. I can get the Steve Winwood going. It's going to be awesome. Both of my daughters attached to that song. He's uh, <laughs> got a nice beat That's to it. Awesome, yeah. it. It makes you feel good. Uh, after, after kind of some negative emotion earlier today, I was like uh, – I was like, well, you know, uh, it's good to kind of get the Steve Whittlewood going, in, not, if not in your voice, in your heart. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, J-Rock, be nice, J-Rock Beats. Be nice. <laughs> Come on, buddy. We don't need that. We don't need that. So, um, Oh, my uncle chiming in here with some, we got some dogs in the box. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Got a dog in the box. <laughs> oh, no. Ron, he's a, Ron is a dog, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I, I was on, um, and we'll have uh, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan on, Jordan Hill from Dogs 24-7 yep, on yep, the mm-hmm. I was on this podcast yesterday. I didn't realize it was live. He did it on StreamYard, and they had a chat box. 
And, you know, you don't, I didn't, I'm glad I didn't, um, I'm glad I didn't roll over there. Right. <laughs> I, was, I think I was getting blasted. I mean, I really honest to God, I think I was getting destroyed. Probably. I, I glanced at it and you saw this, they're going to get beat by worse than 24 points and all this. Oh, other yeah. stuff. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, you got to bring your big boy pants on Saturday. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, they're it's, bringing their silver britches. You got to bring your dang big boy pants. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's the case when you, whenever you play Georgia, that's the way yeah. they've been for, since I've been alive. Since we've been alive, Georgia, <laughs> even when they're not good, they're going to play physical. And yeah. you're going to play very physical football. Very physical football. And we got Chris back here. So we're going to bring him back in. Come on What's back. Man? Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry about that. I don't know. My, at, last two times or so I've been on StreamYard. It, it is just, I don't know, just kind of bugged out on us. But, uh, uh, I thought you put some kind of EDM filter over it or something. Dude, I, I, I don't know. Technology, <laughs> technology's great until it isn't. So, right. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, the, you, you mentioned the Muschamp hackers uh, this yeah. week. That's why yeah, you sounded like Max Headroom there for a while. I was like, duh, 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 duh. <laughs> Yeah, trying to do my best rendition of Sandstorm. Yeah, yeah exactly. you're right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. All right. So you, you mentioned Stetson Bennett. Do you, do you think he, you know, you hear the term belief <laughs> with him sometimes, and, and then you hear some things that sound like disbelief. I mean, even up to the championship game last year, their fans and a lot of media were calling for JT Daniels. I, I, uh, JT Daniels, to me, had a good game against Carolina last year, probably not that good, uh, especially seeing as how West Virginia is off to such a great start. Uh, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, how do you kind of counteract him? What would you do if you're Carolina to disrupt uh, the short passing attack that they have? Because they're, they're going to hit you short, and they're going to hit you long, and they're going to yeah. try to throw it to Bowers and, and, and let him break tackles and go to the end zone. So how would you kind of defend him and, and try to disrupt what they do on offense? Yeah, we talked to Anthony Treesh about this yesterday, JC, a pro football focus. And I, I guess he presented an interesting question as well, is would you sell out against the pass or against the run when, when it comes to Georgia? Because my mind immediately goes to, again, the physicality and winning the point of attack and stopping the run. But they have thrown the ball so well that I don't know that you can do that. Do you almost need to more so defend against that pass? Because they will nickel and dime you to death. And that's kind of what Stetson did if you look in that first game against Oregon. Um, I think a lot of stunts and twists up front. I mean, you got to get pressure. You got to get pressure. You got to make him uncomfortable. If you allow him to sit back there seven on seven, just pick you apart, uh, it's, it's going to be a really, really long day. I mean, bottom line is this. You you need Georgia to not be at their best. I, I mean, the dogs just can't be as sharp as they possibly can play because I think there's only one team in college football. You know, people think I'm just – I'm beating up on the Gamecocks when I say that, that they have no shot if Georgia plays their A game. I think Alabama is the only team in the country that can beat them if they play their A game. I mean, I think Georgia's that good. I think they're just – they're one of the elites yet again. So, um, getting pressure on Stetson Bennett, that's going to be the name of the game, making him uncomfortable. You need big games from guys like uh, Jordan Birch. I mean, I, I was about to say, you know, it's unfortunate. Jordan Strawn, Mo Cava, down with injury. Mm. Um, you know, you're hurting on the front. You need guys like Gilbert Edmond and Terrell Dawkins and those guys to step up. You need those big defensive tackles, the – the Hemingways and the Pickens, and, you know, will Huntley go? I guess we don't know. We might find out more tonight from Shane Beamer. But uh, getting in the face of Stetson, you know, getting that pressure. And then I think guys are just going to have to win individual matchups, bottom line. And I know that's much easier said than done, but because uh, Georgia's just got so many ways to beat you, man. You look at their tight end room alone and, and just look at those guys. And, uh, I mean, what, they had three dudes, I think, on, on preseason award, you know, watch lists at the tight end position alone. So, they're <laughs> dynamic. They're tough to stop. Um, you need a little bit of good fortune and luck to go your way to, to slow them down. But I think if you get in Stetson Bennett's face and you create some exotic blitz packages and 
Um, you know, I'll be curious to see how Clayton White attacks. I think you have to be on the attack, though. I, I don't think you can let them nickel and dime you to death. So uh, I, I'm not saying, you know, sit, send all 11 and just roll the dice, but I, I think you need to be the aggressor and on the attack and, and hope that Georgia, uh, you know, is willing to, to make a mistake or two. Mm-hmm. Talk with Chris Phillips, the Spurs Up show. Uh, I'm going to give myself credit here. I, I told a lot of Gamecock fans this because Carolina lost him in recruiting Warren McClendon. Uh, and they were like, well, he'll never play at Georgia. He's just going because of his family, whatever. Uh, I got a good, good look at it. I was like, now that kid's probably going to start for three years. And lo and behold, there he is. He's going to, I think, be matched up with Birch, maybe Edmund, depending on which side they go. Jordan Birch, to me, you know, there was a <laughs> some talk about him in preseason. He wasn't completely healthy. And I think actually through two games, unless the, this, is, this is going to sound crazy, um, I was concerned we were going to see the Jordan Birch we've seen in, you know, limited action the last two years. I think he's played all right. You know, I think yeah. he's uh, played physical. He's played fast. He's made plays. He's had sacks. He's had tackles for loss. Um, your kind of take on his, uh, what he's done so far through two games with the understanding that he needs to even take it up. The whole team really needs to take up another notch this weekend. Uh, they need him to go out there and, and really – like you said, win his individual battles and be disruptive and, and be start becoming who a lot of folks uh, thought he was going to be. No, listen, I've loved what I've seen from Jordan Birch, especially last week. Um, what do you have? Two tackles for loss, a sack in that one. And, you know, I, I was going to say, I know he had a missed tackle or two, but the entire defense did. So everybody on that end needs to raise their level. And it's not exactly easy tackling guys like Rocket Sanders and KJ Jefferson and, and those, bold, you know, those boulders of, of players, if you will. But uh, you know, listen, I, I was critical of Birch in the preseason, and the only reason that I was is because we expect so much of him, and the ceiling is so high, and we know what he's capable of. And so I, I think last week was a great step. I, I'd like to see him do it yet again against elite competition. Um, you saw kind of glimpses of what he can be. You know, again, he needs the other guys to help him out. There's 10 of the dudes on that defense that, you know, everybody I think would agree needs to level or raise their level of play. But um, I, I was happy with what Birch did last week. I really was. It was encouraging signs. I mean, again, we all believe it's still in there. It's in the tank. And that, you know, he's not going to be Jadavion Clowney. But, again, when you're rated as high as he was, the expectations just come with it. So, um, yeah. it, it was really encouraging signs last week. And, you know, he looked really explosive, really dynamic. I felt like he lived in the backfield for a lot of that game last week. And, again, uh, K.J. Jefferson, tough guy to bring down. His stats could have been even better. So, uh, I'm excited moving forward. I mean, especially with the absence of Strawn now for the year. I mean, he's just a dude you desperately need to play his best football. You know, again, you don't need him to go be an All-American, but, like, we need to see the best version of or if not close to the best version of what he can do. Because if he gives you that, I think he does have, you know, all-conference type of uh, all-conference type of talent, which I, I think goes without saying. I think he could take a step this year if he, if he, you know, let's say he has a big game this weekend and light starts to really come on and he, he's one of the star players on the defense. Uh, I think he could go, you know, all conference consideration this year. And if he elects to come back next season, could really be something special. I, I always kind of felt he needed to develop. And, you know, he, he had in 2020 he had COVID for a long time and missed a lot of t- it was such, a, such a weird year. Um, but good to see him. I mean, I, you know, you weren't the only one in the preseason that was concerned. I mean, to be honest, I mean, it was uh, Tony Morrell on the Big Spur uh, wrote something about it. I mean, it was. It was kind of common knowledge, and some of my contacts indicated the same thing. But I think in game action, he's done really well. Gilbert Edmond, here's a guy they took in recruiting at the end. <laughs> Flipped him from Jeff Scott in South Florida, who I think had him committed for a day. 
from Fort Pierce, Florida, which is where Khalil Max comes from. I don't know. I don't know why people don't recruit Fort Pierce better because uh, Khalil Mack went to Buffalo before he uh, went to the NFL and was one of the best players there. Um, I kind of like what I've seen uh, in, in the limited action he's been in, but, I, you know, I also kind of like to get – I kind of have an affinity for six foot five, two 260-pound long-arm DN. So yeah. I wanted to get yeah. your take on him and how he's going to hold up out there against the Georgia Bulldogs. No, I think he's a solid player. I mean, again, like you said, tons of upside, really long kids, 6'5", what, 250. Um, so you like those, those those bigger body dudes. Like you said, those long physical DNs kind of reminds you of the Devin Taylors back in the day. Maybe not to that level, but some of the guys we had back in the early 2010s that I've I've talked with uh, Coach Brad Long about so, so many times. And, and Brad Long, actually, when I talked about him a couple months ago, you know, we mentioned Gilbert Edmond, and he was a guy that he was looking forward to seeing this season. Felt like he, you know, from going out to practice, was a guy that stood out, you know, wasn't sure quite the impact he was going to make, but felt like he was a guy that that could make a positive impact on this football team. So um, you like the size, you like the athleticism. Again, like you mentioned, Fort Pierce, Florida, Westwood High School. Um, you know, I think the upside is there. Now it's just about putting it all together and putting it together on the field. I know he's got two tackles for loss early on this season, but uh, – you know, we, we will we will learn a lot about a lot of different dudes in, in this game against Georgia. And that's what's been so intriguing, J.C., until about early in this season is like um, this first three-game stretch wasn't going to – I mean, I guess unless you lost to Georgia State, I was going to say wasn't going to define your season necessarily. There's no shame in losing to Arkansas and Georgia. But I think what it's serving as is giving everyone a very, very realistic – view of where we are and, and for some folks a dose of humble pie if you will I mean there's just no other way to put it so um you know I, I, I'm excited for Edmund I'm excited for Terrell Dawkins I'm excited to see what Birch does you know obviously we all want to see more to the defensive front the defensive line I talked about that and the numbers speak for themselves 200 yards rushing against Georgia State 295 against Arkansas you can spin that however you want defense is on the field too long end of the day that's just what the numbers say you are so um you got a great opportunity and a great challenge this weekend but uh, yeah Gilbert Edmund's one of those dudes that uh you know, what his ceiling is, I don't know, but I think he does have a high one. And, again, you love that length and that, that explosiveness and athleticism off the edge. So, uh, listen, it'll take him, Birch, and that entire crew to slow down Georgia. And, uh, you know, we'll see if it's enough when the clock's at zero. Yeah, like 2020, Carolina's playing Kentucky at the end of the year. And it's like, yeah. you know, I think Gilbert – Gilbert's grown about two inches since he's been here. He's a freshman that year. And you look out there and you're like, well, well gosh, there's Gilbert Edmund. <laughs> play a linebacker. He and Daryl Ware and Ernest Jones were the three linebackers against Kentucky. Yeah. That, 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 that 2020 Kentucky game just feels like such a blur. Because I think what we took like 45 players with us, it was just like. Yeah, and the, sh- and the Shane, crew, yeah. Shane, <laughs> News, Shane News broke that night. It, uh, actually, yeah. Broke, yeah. I remember broke right after that game. Um and so you knew who the coach was going to be right after that. So, uh, mm. you know, you see what happens there. All right, so the big debate this week on offense. Mm. Do you try to establish the run and beat Georgia at their own game? Do you continue to try to, to – because I'm conflicted, really, because I, I understand the point, you know, hey, you need to stay on the field. You need you need to keep your defense – especially with the injuries on defense, you got a thin defense. Um, mm. It's not going to be terribly hot, but it'll be a, a day you can get some fatigue, especially against these guys. Uh, so I think there's a need to stay on the field. There's a need to run the football and keep Georgia honest. I think the question is, can you? And I think you look at the teams that have scored against Georgia. Uh, there's really been one, <laughs> and that's Alabama. And they threw it over the top of those guys and, and mixed in some runs here and there. Now, South Carolina's system is right. different. There's not, it's not an RPO deal. But, uh, you know, I, I can see both sides. I just want to get your take. I mean, I, you know, it's – 
you'd like to try to be stingy in the run game and try to use this as a game to figure it out, but you don't want to do that and sacrifice what the final score is going to look like, right? You got to do what's just going to work in this ball game. So um, while we all want to see a run game start to be established and start to see the offensive line have some push and some success, <clears throat> I just don't know how coming into a game against Georgia, the number one ranked defense in the country that hasn't allowed a touchdown and you haven't been able to run the ball for, for whatever reason, and I understand – Early in the game last week, you know, you look at the – I think I saw an article from somebody, you know, first and second down, you average this many yards per carry. And, you know, folks talked about they abandoned the run game. And Shane Beamer was very clear after Arkansas, hey, this was our game plan, which was go down the field, throw the football, which I think was the right game plan to have uh, due to the matchup. I, I just don't know how a, a South Carolina running game that, that, that is searching for itself and hasn't figured it out how Georgia is the team – that you're going to figure it out again. So I, I think you got to continue to spread it out, get the ball on the outside of your playmakers. Uh, win, try to Again, try to win some one-on-one -on -one opportunities. I mean, I think we need to get Jaheim Bell more involved. I mean, listen, four carries for five yards last week. Granted, one was a touchdown, but no catches. Like, I, I just don't think that can happen. You know what I mean? I just don't think that can happen. So uh, get the ball to your playmakers. Get the ball to your athletes. I, I just, like you said, I don't know how you're going to beat Georgia at, at their own game. I, I think you've got to be creative in the play calling, no doubt. When you want to run the football, be creative. You know what I mean? So um, I, I, I think this is the week, obviously, you empty the kitchen sink, right? We heard a lot early in the season about you're not showing the playbook. This is where you empty it. You, you empty the playbook, uh, whatever you got. You got any trick plays? You got any gadget plays? You got Dak Joyner and a Wildcat? What, I, like, do something. You know what I mean? Maybe, hey, maybe Dak gets the running game going. Maybe to carry on Joyner saying he's healthy or if he is healthy – getting him out there, maybe get him out there for a drive, right? Let him just keep the Georgia defense on their heels. Mix it up. I, I don't know. You I know would, what I mean? Because I would do it for a drive, yeah. Yeah, for uh, a drive. I mean, I, I'm, not, in, I'm not – Yeah, putting him in for a, a play last year didn't really work. I think I think he's no. got to get into a rhythm and stuff. Right, so, right. Drive, and and now it. he has the threat to throw the football. So, I, I'm just saying if, if you need it, you know what I mean? Because there's a high probability that you probably will. So, um, but I think you've got to spread it out. I, I just don't see how – there's nothing at least from the first two games that tells you this is going to be the week where, you know, gosh, South Carolina just goes out there and runs for 150 and they get a consistent push and, and Spencer Rattler's got all day to throw. Like, I, I just – I want to believe that could happen, but there's nothing that has shown us that it will. So, um, you know, if you got to put it all on seven and it's, un you know, unfortunate if you do, but if you got to put it all on seven, I say you do. I say you give him a shot, let you win the game, go down the field, take shots. Um, let him use that elite arm talent and try to mix in the run where you can. I'll also say this in 2020, Georgia's defense was nothing, not close to their 2021 defense. 2020, two teams that really gave them trouble too were, were that Florida team with, uh, you know, uh, Kyle Trask throwing it all over the place, right? Uh, Florida lit them up in the first half. I mean, straight up lit them up. They had 38 at halftime uh, in 2020. And Mississippi State – in 2020, came to Athens, and I think the final in that game was 31-24. They gave uh, they gave Georgia some problems. So, after looking, considering all that, I'm like, eh, it's probably not the week to get the run game going. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I, mean, I, mean, I think you need to try, you know, try to. And I like what I like what they did on the first drive against Arkansas. I mean, obviously that was a game that they intentionally wanted to air it out. But hey, you had Spencer on the keeper, the little counter there. Then you then you did the little thing to Jaheim and. You know, all that maybe some things like that mixed in could give you yeah. some semblance of a running game and keep it. Yeah, I mean, JC, it's like you said, you make picks and you make you make projections off what you've seen, not what you yeah. hope will happen. Oh, yeah. So I mean, exactly. it, there's just I, you know, there, there's just nothing that tells you from the first two weeks that you are going to run the ball or stop the run. Now we've got to have hope 
fans have got to have hope and belief. But looking at it from a, a clear, realistic view, just evaluating this football game, taking out the, the bias, taking out the fan side of things, you look at the matchup, and for the second straight week, it just doesn't favor you, like on either side. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I don't want to be too harsh, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't really see a position where I'm like, South Carolina has the advantage. I, I just don't see it. That doesn't mean they can't pull an upset. That doesn't mean they can't, you know, do the unthinkable. They, that doesn't mean they can't make it a close game. But, like, on paper, I don't see that. Now, thank God the game's not played on paper. 2019 would have never happened, right? So, <laughs> crazy things can happen when Carolina Georgia play. But, but I think you need kind of that same recipe to take place that took place in 19. You need a couple of weird turnovers, interceptions, fumbles, whatever. I think you probably need a defensive score. You need Beamer ball to show itself. Maybe a block punt or block kick. And you just need some good fortune to find your way. And you need seven to play the best game of his life. You do all those things. You have a raucous Willie B. Fans start to taste blood in the water. And you ha it's a one-score game, one of the fourth quarter. Well, then all bets are off because, unfortunately for Georgia, they'll have allowed Carolina to believe they have actually got a shot to win the game. Just get to the fourth quarter down one score. And you do that again, all, all bets are off. You never know. Yep. Absolutely. Wrap it up with Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, – I'll talk to you here in about an hour and 15 and looking forward to it, bud. JC, Phil, it's always a pleasure, and I appreciate the opportunity, man. Thank you. Thank, thanks yes, so sir. much. Chris yeah. Phillips. Take care. The Spurs Up Show joins us every – it's starting to be a Thursday thing, right, Phil? Yeah, it's working pretty good. Yeah, I like It's it. like a home and home with y'all, you know. It is a home and home. He's home like with it. us. You're yeah. on with him. Everything's yeah. kind of fresh in my mind and all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Nana's porch chat bucks. Uh, VJ Belmont goes 2011 at UGA with Garcia, Lavmore, Alshon Ingram, and a young clown. He throwing Murray around like a rag doll was a gritty game. Yeah, it, it was a high score game, but you know, Carolina had two defensive scores in that game um, and a special team score, obviously, with the fake punt. And Marcus Lattimore, you know, and, and this is what I mean by physical. Um, you know, South Carolina, it was a high-scoring game, and, and nobody really stopped anybody. But Marcus Lattimore, I mean, I, I got a text from my Georgia buddy, and he's like, man, 21's a grown man, you know. <laughs> and everybody, you know, because everybody was talking about Clowney and Ingram and all that. But yeah. Marcus, mm -hmm. I think, Marcus, I think, ran for 197, including a huge run uh, at the end to kind of set the game cocks up for the go-ahead. Uh, and so all that, uh, Craig says, is Craig, as long as we aren't Rick rolled, JB Jared says, makes me feel like he's talking about Steve Winwood here. Makes me feel like I should be rocking a white blazer and looking for tubs. Love Winwood. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Clint says, I would love to see Emmett Warry lay the wood to Bowers. Yeah. The thing is, you, and Nick's done a good job of this so far this year. He's got to wrap up, man, because you can bounce off. I've seen, I saw Barrett last year as a freshman. You know they got him from Folsom, California, Georgia's tight end, Bowers. Really? Bowers or, from California? <laughs> Folsom, no doubt. Folsom. To the train are coming. They're rolling around the bend. <laughs> That's up in the northern. I mean, they don't put prisons in California like in Hollywood. You know, they put them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hey, so that that was a good piece of recruiting by Georgia. I'm like, man, you got to – and then the other tight ends from Vegas. And I was like, wow. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, so, yeah, Clint uh, Emanuori has got to got to wrap up because you, you'll bounce right off that guy. He'll break two mm -hmm. tackles and the band's playing glory, glory for old Georgia. We got to step aside and take a break. It's very exciting coming up because there's more going on than just uh, playing on the field this weekend.
that will be recruiting. It's a huge, huge recruiting weekend. Huge. Guys, including five-star Nick Harbour coming in. We're going to talk with the owner of all things Gamecock Recruiting, Hale McGranahan. Hale, yes, coming up right after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast, Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker King. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Let's say you need catering. You need a food truck. You just need to get some delicious food to feed some people. Nana's Porch is the place for you. I've known Chris, the owner, for years now. Uh, They helped with the Big Spur Golf Tournament. 
uh, catering it. It was delicious. I highly encourage you uh, to go visit nanasporch.com. That's nanasporch.com right now uh, to take a look at their services, their menu items, everything you may need for your event, the professionalism, the food, the taste. Uh, it's unrivaled uh, in this space. 336-259-7550 is the phone number. Or again, go to nanasporch.com. Uh, we talk about them all the time. They uh, sponsor the chat line here on the podcast. But uh, wanted to tell you about it right here, straight from JC. Tell them JC sent you. Uh, and please support this Gamecock-owned and operated business. Also a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Second hour of Inside the Gamecocks is brought to you by the Burgessa team at Remax by the Lake for all your commercial real estate needs, as well as, of course, the show sponsor is Manscaped.com. Promo code BIGSPUR for 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. And we are joined now by Hale McGranahan of TheBigSpur.com. Welcome in, Hale. What's going on, fellas? How are y'all? Great, man. Doing well, man. You're looking uh, busy. <laughs> pretty busy this weekend, not this week, huh? All right, Hale. So obviously, it's a huge recruiting weekend. We we spent most of the time this week just kind of breaking the game down. Uh, I think it gets lost <clears throat> that uh, there are going to be a lot of talented players on campus this week, uh, led by Nick Harbor, the five star uh, from DC. Uh, and my understanding is. Uh, Big Tree Babalade and uh, Desmond Desmond U, uh, I still haven't gotten that name down, uh, are going to be there too, uh, two committed kids from that area, uh, and a lot of 2024s and uh, all that good stuff. So just kind of take us through it and, uh, you know, kind of mention some of the players that are going to be in and, you know, what kind of impact you think. Um, not necessarily a big game, but a but a big crowd and big atmosphere will have uh, on some of uh, some of these guys. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Nick Harbor got his official visit coming in Fridays when, when his family's set to get into town, and we'll stick around through the weekend. Obviously, be at the game Saturday, and he won't be the only official visitor. Jatavia Shivers, the the big 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 offensive tackle commitment from uh, Georgia, uh, he, he's set to have his official visit. This weekend as well, and JC, obviously you mentioned some of those other D.C. area guys who, who are going to be down here. And, you know, Grayson Howard's coming up again from Jacksonville for like the 5,000th time since since he's uh, started taking visits to South Carolina. And, and he's probably as involved as, as a recruiter as there is uh, around South Carolina football right now. Obviously, the guys who, who are paid to do it on staff are, are the pros and, and all that, but, but Grayson Howard is – certainly uh, taking the bull by the horn, so to speak, and, and really embraced uh, that, that aspect of being a guy who's committed to Carolina. And, and he's just he's a natural type of leader. So he, he's going to, uh, he's going to do that type of stuff and, and make sure that he can do all he can to, uh, to get other guys to, to join him in that class. And, and as far as some of the others who, who are going to be in town, uh, you know, uh, Cameron Upshaw, another committed guy who's going to be making his first visit. Uh, since the summer, since his official visit in June, uh, Josiah Thompson's coming in from Dillon, the 2024 offensive tackle, who's uh, a, a national level recruit that uh, has, has been to Carolina several times. And as most folks are probably familiar with with Dillon and South Carolina football, it's 
scenario that's that's usually pretty good to the Gamecocks. And and uh, I think you know a little further down the road, it could prove to be fruitful once again. Once again, um, Mari Adams, another uh, in-state lineman, 2025 guy who's is at Lake City now. He he started at Central Pageland as a freshman and and moved to Lake City with his his family because his, his dad's a basketball coach. He's the boys' basketball coach at Lake City. So so they're now there now. He'll he'll be back and and South Carolina's in, in a really good spot for him and still the early stages of his recruitment, but a guy that that they'll have a seat at the table if not be the team to beat till the end. Um, Devin, Devin Smith, linebacker from Brunswick, Georgia, guy who came to camp in the summer and, and picked up an offer at camp, and he was at the Georgia State game. He came to one of the cookouts in the summer. So clearly a, a guy who, who likes Carolina, and, uh, and, and I think the interest is, is pretty mutual as well. So those are some of the, the top, top guys. Uh, Jaden Perlotte, Perlet, another 2025 linebacker uh, from Buford, Georgia, is going to be at the game. Uh, Buford produces a lot of high-level guys, and there's another one. And and you know, I don't, I, I didn't want to write a whole lot about this this guy who is from Buford uh, in the summer when he showed up for a visit. He got an offer in May, but um, he's just now a freshman, so they offered him as an eighth grader as a, a defensive lineman uh, <laughs> who's who's in that pipeline at, at Buford as well. And and uh, I'm scrambling because I, I prefaced all that and forgot his name as I'm all saying right. it. Uh, yeah, Bry- Bryce Perry, right. Uh, 2026 guy who, who's he's already got an A&M offer as well. So um, I, I think folks around here uh, think he's going to be a national level guy as well. And uh, you know some other guys from the Georgia, state of Georgia are going to be coming in to watch this game. Uh, in addition to some of those names that I just rattle off, so it's going to be a very busy weekend uh, for these coaches uh, on the recruiting side as well. Can uh, is Cam Pringle coming in this weekend? To your knowledge. Uh, I'm not confirmed. Cam Pringle is the uh, other elite class of 2024 offensive tackle uh, from uh, Woodland uh, down in Dorchester, South Carolina, recently released the top 10. The game guys are in it. The game guys, I think, are the leaders as of now. But, hell, just in terms of that recruitment, because, you know, ideally you'd like to get both Thompson and Pringle. Um, Right. uh, You know, I – Best thing I was told is kind of getting hairy. Uh, not so much because of Clemson, which has owned uh, Dorchester and Woodland over the years with guys like Ty Hill and Robert Smith, but uh, Georgia, Ohio State, like the whole country is coming in. Um, I still think the Gamecocks are in good shape, but, you know, I, I, what's your early feel on him? I, I feel extremely good about Thompson. Uh, I felt really good about Pringle, but I knew it would be a battle moving forward. Kind of what's your what are your thoughts on that? I, th- I think I'm sort of in the same boat as you, JC. Um, a little more com- comfortable saying I, th- I think South Carolina's got the edge with Thompson. Um, you know, again, both national level guys, and they're going to have a bunch of folks coming after them, including the other team in the state. So it's it's going to be a challenge just just uh, just winning the in-state angle. Then then when you factor some of those other schools in, like Georgia. I mean, Pringle went to the Georgia Oregon game to to open the season instead of coming to Williams Bryce to watch Georgia State play Carolina, which, you know, frankly, I probably would have done the same thing if I was in this position. But uh, we'll see. I, I'm not sure what he's got planned. Uh, obviously, Clemson's got a home game as well. So I I don't know that he's looking at that as a possibility either. Uh, 
you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I have yet to confirm one way or another with him or, or through some other folks who, who I talked to uh, what, what his plans are for, for this weekend. I'm, I'm guessing both staffs are, are anxiously awaiting to see what he says because I'm sure they'd, they'd love to have him in. Sure. Talking with Hale McGranahan from TheBigSpur.com about uh, South Carolina recruiting. Uh, huge recruiting weekend, uh, as it always is for the Georgia game. Yeah, some people were talking about how, well, why did they do this on a noon kickoff or whatever. And, and, and Hale, I've tried to kind of explain to some people, that, like, look, it's, um, you know, it's oftentimes not really up to the staff. Uh, yeah. number one, they kind of like, look, we want to come see a good game in a big atmosphere. And then number two, you know, I, I, I think a lot of folks get caught up in, well, if Georgia win, wins the game this weekend and, or, you know, and wins it pretty convincingly, that's going to affect the players. Um, and, and I always tell people, no, it, it, what's going to affect them is if nobody shows up for the game, it's a lackluster atmosphere from start to finish, that kind of thing. And, and I don't think there's any chance in Hades that the pregame atmosphere for this game is going to be lackluster. It never is. But, uh, you know, kind of explain to folks what recruits do. Uh, you know, they, they don't necessarily sit in the stands and cheer. I'm sure Harbor will probably be with his family uh, up eating somewhere in a box. Um, it's usually normally that pregame atmosphere, right, that they're most exposed to, you know, rather than sitting there, you know, like the fans do and cheering and watching the game. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the biggest challenge with, with having a noon game and, and getting recruits in is just that very narrow window of when, when guys can travel and, and get in into town and get to the stadium and, and get time with the coaches. So that's that's where the real challenge is from, from that whole, you know, noon game dynamic. That's as far as what it does for the fans and how juiced up they can get. Uh, you know, I guess that's kind of a thing, but it's more so just because it's it's such a, a tight window. And, and you know, South Carolina has got the advantage that obviously a lot of teams in the SEC do is they're close to a, a lot of the players that they recruit. So guys who are coming in from Georgia or, or down from Charlotte or from wherever in the state of South Carolina or even up from Florida, if you're like Grayson Howard, uh, it's, you know, a three, four hour-ish drive, depending on where you're at. And, you know, the the uh, the getting into into the stadium area isn't isn't as challenging as it is at some in some places. Some college football stadiums are real tough to get into and park. And oh, yeah. as everyone listening knows, there, there's about a hundred different ways you can get to Williams Bryce, and and uh, it's it's usually not too terrible unless a, a train decides to uh, to go, in, oh. go ahead and jam things up. But uh, you know, for, from all that you know logistical stuff, it's a little challenging, but it's it's you know not not the you know the worst thing in the world. The biggest thing is that it's the number one team in the country, and uh, I, I think folks are going to be plenty excited and, and obviously want to come and and uh, be ready to get loud and that whole thing. Um, obviously, if it's a, a seven o'clock game, that gives people more time to to do all the things they feel like they need to do in the parking lot and give them plenty of time to get into the stadium. But uh, yeah, it's. It's it's challenging for the coach because they may not get as much time with the guys as they'd like. But you know what? Two weeks ago, there were some guys who were at the Georgia State game who who didn't necessarily get a lot of time to be around coaches, and uh, that game kicked off at night. So it's 
you're always going to have that. And, and the biggest thing that, that the staff wants to do is, is make sure the guys who, who are their priorities, who they really want to recruit and they're targeted and all that stuff that, that they, they do at the very least get them in front of their position coach or potential coordinator or even the head coach uh, and, and, you know, at least say hello. So there's, there's that, that stuff that goes on. They, they have the pregame deal where, where they, you know, go onto the field or on the sideline and, and watch warmups and coaches come up and say hello. Maybe a player will do the same thing. Uh, then, you know, after the game, uh, something that's kind of changed here with this staff that they do that I think so. It, it was more of like a circumstantial thing when they started it last year because they couldn't jam a bunch of recruits into the locker room, which was something they would do in the past where, you know, after the game, if, especially if you win, you want to get your your top recruits to come in there and, and be around that celebration and and, and experience that. And, uh, again, the circumstances with, you know, COVID and all that stuff, they're kind of limited on, on the number of people they could squeeze into the locker room. So they started kind of having a little staging area out on the field um, breaking them up by position group. And then, you know, once once the coaches are done talking to the team, uh, the assistants go back out onto the field and, and meet with whoever's still around who stayed till the end of the game uh, and get some more time with those guys that way while uh, Shane Beamer is, is getting ready to do his uh, post-game media stuff. So, and, and I guess kind of the, the flip side of what I was saying earlier with not having a lot of time to uh, – to see the kids before the games is, well, you know, if it's a, a noon game, guys don't have to worry about, you know, leaving to, to beat traffic and not get home too late. Well, you know, it's, it's going to be three thirty four o'clock by the time they're uh, talking to the coaches. So they'll after the game, so they'll have, you know, some more time to, uh, to spend, spend some time with those guys and, and, you know, further solidify those relationships and, and recruit guys a little bit more, maybe send out an offer to what have you. Um, so I guess there's, you know, pros and cons to it. Uh, if, you, if you're looking at it from that, you know, dynamic standpoint. Phil, I think, uh, I think we got some Nana's porch chat box questions for uh, Hale. Yeah. I think we kind of addressed one with Sonder was asking about the game day experience. Yeah, we got all that. that, was, that yeah, was good. Yeah. Hale, did you play in the Bigsburg golf tournament? Sure did. Did you eat Nana's porch? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Was it good? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was real good. Was yeah, was some, was some some good pig, man. Yeah, yeah for sure. outstanding, outstanding. All right, so so right here, uh, Sondra has a question about Sammy Brown, Phil. Yeah, right there. What do we got? Yeah, any more from Sammy Brown, twenty-four linebacker from Jefferson, Georgia? Uh, not a lot. You know, he's considering coming for the game this weekend, and and I don't I don't know that he's going to I, I haven't checked in on with him here in the last few days but uh it's 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 gonna be tough man i mean he's he's arguably the best linebacker in the country and he's from uh georgia's backyard and clemson's recruiting him and everybody else in the country is recruiting him so it's tough man that's there's a lot of a lot of stuff that that adds up pretty quickly that the first one being uh he's in Jefferson, Georgia, which is same <laughs> store away. That's like yeah. That's like being that's like being in Sumter. And, yeah, uh, or Seneca. All that really, if you're or, yeah, Seneca for Clemson. Yeah, what what have you? Um, so you know, if if he does come, one of his teammates will be here. 
on Saturday, 2025, defensive end, four-star. Um, he'll yeah. be here, but, uh, you know, Sammy Brown, I, I, I don't know that he will. And even if he does, you know, it's still going to be a, a tough tough road to hoe. And <laughs> Probably look, pulling for the he, dogs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah, but, he, you know, he's he's been on campus several times and, you know, still giving South Carolina a chance, so. Yeah. We'll see. For those of you that don't know where Jefferson, Georgia is, if you go down 85 uh, towards Athens, uh, that's the exit. one of the exits you could take. You can go through Tacoa or you can go through Jefferson. Uh, the other way is Gainesville, where I used to live. So I had to, when I went out to 85 to go home to the upstate, I'd always uh, hit up Jefferson. They have a mighty fine Zaxby's there and a pretty tasty Mexican place right there on that exit, but it's a speed trap. So. <laughs> If the game was in Athens this weekend, I'd say go go slow through there, right? Mm-hmm. It's not uh, it's not a uh, not a place to be speeding. Not in Jefferson, Georgia. Jefferson. Yeah, that's right there. And then you got to think, hell, say he he wants to get away from Athens a little bit. Clemson's mm-hmm. right there. I mean, it's Clemson's what forty five minutes up the road, 35, 45 minutes from there. Um, continuing on Nana Sports chat box, Alex just wants to give you a shout out here. <laughs> he says, "Hell yeah, you, hell yeah!" And then the the Kreger has a great observation, Phil, here. Oh. About it. Let's look at that. Oh, yeah. It looks a little like Kevin Spacey. Oh, shit. <laughs> am, am I allowed to say? Everything for the F words. Just don't say the F bomb. Hell, don't say that. <laughs> I don't look like. And that's, first of all, that's the first I've ever heard I've looked like that guy. <laughs> that guy, right. Second yeah. of all. Second of all. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, he's a heck of an actor. I mean, you know, in like yeah. seven, I, I don't want to ever hail he- walk into the football building and like, I believe you've been looking for me. House of Cards was a wonderful program, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I, I thought when he went off of it, it lost a little bit. And I'm not a big, I, I didn't like his wife, but yeah, I like House of Cards. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Craig Krieger says, hopefully your morals are a little better. I can. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's a given. That's That's not our only difference. I I guess that's not the only difference I have. Uh, H. Kenny Kenny says something about Harvard. I want to ask you this, too, because some of your, you know, one one of your co-workers has already dropped it. Biggest factor to land at Harvard is Hale dropping that crystal ball. What, 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 tell me about Harvard <laughs> and then what goes into your crystal ball process? Because, you know, I think you and I have talked about this before, but, but the people out there, they don't know, you know, that this would be very interesting. I don't know. There's, there's, it's an inexact science, you know, there's a bunch of different things that, that go into it, whether it's just a gut feel or something I know about the guy and his background and whether, you know, what his connections are to the school or, you know, if he just keeps visiting a lot, like Grayson Howard, for example, we, you know, I, I put in a crystal ball for him to Carolina. It was in January. And at that point he'd already been on campus probably like seven or eight times. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, at some point, like you just got to kind of pay attention to how often the guy keeps showing up and kind of weighed against how, much or how not often he's he's visiting some of the other schools he's considering and if it's somebody like him who's you know in a relatively close driving distance to the other places he was considering like that that's 
kind of says something there. So it's again an an inexact science and, and something that uh, that I don't have like a, a certain like checklist where I'm like all right, there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that. Uh, I don't know about that, so maybe not. It's you know some of it some of it can be a guess, quite frankly. Um, a, a lot of the times though, there, it's it's an educated uh, guess and, and and something that uh, that I'm certainly aware that that people pay a lot of attention to and put a lot of stock in and you know. When Whittle put in his Nick Harbor pick, uh, <laughs> that got a lot of folks' attention, definitely. Um, <laughs> and, and it's something that uh, you know, I I don't take you know I, I don't take it lightly. Like it's because it's it's something that, that again people people get really excited about or get really mad about, and it's going to get attention. And and credit to to Shannon Terry and the folks who who came up with the concept of, of the crystal ball and, and, and what it is. Um, and, and there are some people who have different interpretations of, of what we can and can't do with it. Like if I made a crystal ball pick for JC Sherbert to, to commit to Illinois, if, if I change it three months later, because I'm hearing JC wants to go to Indiana, you know, some people are going to give me a hard time about it. Um, that's I'd give, I'd give nature. me a hard time with Illinois, Indiana. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, it's it's. I'm going to respect your decision, though, JC. At the end of the day, thank you. By the way, yeah, Sh- Shannon came up with the plans. Uh, the rules. Uh, that was a team effort, and I was one of the teammates that did that at 24 okay. seven. I'm not bragging, but I mean, because some of you hate the rules, right? You hate them. <laughs> You hate the rules, but uh, uh, you can blame me for it. I like the rules. I think it works out pretty well. Uh, so that okay, Quantrell knows has one more question for you, Phil. I mean, hail, then we'll let you go. All right, who is more likely Carolina lands, Terrence Love or Chris Peel? This is a very good question because I felt for a while, hail, and this was latest last time I thought, thought about this was before the season started. The the, the you know, every every cycle you have one guy, and I've said this before on the air. I don't mind telling you now. You have one guy ultimately that you feel better about than I do by a good margin, and most of the time the Gamecocks get him. <laughs> and I've and we haven't talked about this, folks. I sneakily felt like that was maybe Chris Peel this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you could you can go ahead and like talk about Peel and Terrence Love. Uh, of course, Terrence is the Auburn commitment from Langston Hughes in Fairburn, Georgia, that has visited and has some interest in Carolina. Yeah, I guess I, I would say Peel, even though he he continues to go to Georgia a, a lot, and and I don't know what his plans are for this weekend. Uh, there, there was a chance that he was going to take an official visit, but that doesn't look like that's going to be the case. There was a chance he was going to take an unofficial visit a couple weeks ago for Georgia State. Uh, that didn't happen. He instead, I think, went to Atlanta to watch the Georgia-Oregon game. And again, like I would have done the same thing. Uh, plus, when when you consider that Love is is committed to Auburn, uh, that's you know on the surface that's going to be challenging to overcome. And I guess you, we can get into that whole situation and, and what what might or might not happen down on the plains here at some point uh, before now and the end of November. Um, so I don't know. Peel Peel's up in Charlotte. He's been down a few times, and, and he's not a for for a cornerback, especially. He does not. This recruiting stuff is just he he doesn't get into it. Like he 
he, you know, he, he obviously takes his visits and, and talks to his coaches that he's interested in playing for and all that kind of type of stuff. But as far as all the flash and, and the look at me type of stuff that kind of comes with it and can be pretty common for guys who play that position at times, uh, he's, he is way different uh, that way. Um, so it, it's hard to get a read on, on, on him and, and where things sort of stand with him. You know, for a while, it was, it was like a Carolina, South Carolina, NC State deal. Then Georgia really started pushing. And, you know, then it sort of looked like Georgia would be the tough tough one to beat. And, you know, rightfully so. But they've got like four guys in their class committed to them right now who are listed by 24-7 as cornerbacks. And, you know, you can only play two or three at a time, maybe four if it's, you know, you're playing Mississippi State. But I don't know. I I just don't know how much how much space Georgia's got. I, you know, I know they really like him, and if we're still having him come down for for games and stuff, I, or at least entertaining him, the idea of taking him on board, and then maybe more than that. So I, I don't know. I I, I do think that that South Carolina is in as about a good a spot as you can hope to be with him, and you know, you would think that it'd be nice to get him back on campus before he decides, and and he's supposed to decide at least. So what he's told people in the recent past that he's going to be deciding before the end of this month. So um, we'll, we'll see if, if he's if he shows up this weekend. Great. There's still another couple weekends to uh, to get him on campus. Um, wouldn't rule out NC State either at this point. I mean, they're they've been there all along, like I said earlier, with, with Carolina, South Carolina, to be clear, uh, neck and neck and uh, now maybe even out ahead at some points along the way. So. Uh, to answer the question, yeah, I, I would say Chris Peel uh, seems a little more likely than than Terrence Love. Yeah, I just updated the database. That put, NC State wasn't updated in the top three. I just I just updated that on twenty four seven Sports. All right, I got one more, and, and then we'll let you go. Okay, let's just quickly here. We can. Uh, all right, so Elijah Davis, Clint says, "What's up with Elijah Davis? Hadn't heard anything in a while. I hadn't either." Yeah, well, he's he's. Pretty quiet guy and Elijah Davis, JUCO guy. So that's a, a little different deal than than your typical high school recruit. Um, he's out in Mississippi and and you know he 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 visited South Carolina as soon as he was permitted to start taking visits as a, a JUCO prospect. The first trip he took was was to Carolina. And, you know they got him back one more time. I think it was for the first cookout when he came back. You know, he visited Tennessee. He's been down to Florida State. Alabama's in the mix, you know. There were the stat Carolina staff was trying to get him to come back in July for for that cookout, and and he didn't make it in. But uh, I I would think he's probably gonna try to take some official visits here this season. I I don't have East Mississippi Community College's schedule in front of me, but I would think they play a lot of their games on Thursdays, which is pretty typical for for uh, teams in that league. So uh, we'll see. He's, I think it's kind of South Carolina and, and probably those three, four teams that I mentioned, Alabama, Tennessee, and maybe Florida State to a, to a degree. Eliza Davis from Wagner Sally, uh, placement at East Mississippi in Scuba, Mississippi. It's a heck of a name of a town. Hale, thanks for joining us today. Give us the rundown on uh, Carolina recruiting. Obviously, you'll be busy this weekend. I wish you uh, good fortune and uh, all that good stuff and, and may – Nothing annoying happened to you this weekend. Appreciate it. That's very kind of you. <laughs> Thank you. Hope you get, 
Thanks for having me on, guys. I'll see you all later. Hell Thanks, yeah. Man. I'm going to go plan my commitment to Indiana real quick. Uh, <laughs> Hale McGranahan from 24-7 Sports, <laughs> thebigspur.com. All-around great guy, and now apparently a Kevin Spacey lookalike. Somebody mentioned The Usual Suspects. That's probably the movie I should have quoted instead of Seven with Kevin Spacey. Right. Mm-hmm. I believe in God, Lieutenant Julian. I believe. Nothing scares me. The Kaiser Sose. Kaiser Sose. All right, right. back with more interaction and discussion to close out a Thursday edition. Um, Gosh, maybe I should put some decorations up since tomorrow's our our 30th uh, episode. I'll wait till we get to 100. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll blow it out at 100. Inside the Game Casa Show after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal under Way. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email's on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? 
yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks the show yep time to get back to the show shoot all right my man welcome back everybody back again the second hour of course is brought to you by the burgesson team at remax by the lake for your commercial real estate needs and of course the show is sponsored by manscaped y'all totally stole my crystal balls uh segue with manscaped there but that's all right you know what because uh uh, it's still the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They recently launched the Men's Ultimate Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. Join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. You get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. So we've been talking about the performance package, Lawnmower 4.0. They got the, uh, what is it, the Weed Whacker. It's a near and ear and nose hair trimmer. That's an excellent little product. And, of course, if, you know, you're looking for uh, that shiny crystal ball feel, it comes with a nice uh, toner and uh, deodorant that you could use post-trim uh, to achieve that look. Just remember, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BIGSPUR unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the right job with manscaped please please buy some manscaped if you That's care hard. about the show buy some manscaped <laughs> for the love of god and then you know like, lady friends will thank you uh yeah stole my perfect seg kenny thanks thanks kenny thanks buddy Craig uh, says thanks Hale Hale's a great guest man I like him because he just knows everything and yeah. I could give it to you straight uh, Marcus says hi JC is there any chance we hire Brad Lawing back on the defensive side of the ball no Brad, Brad's retired he um, he uh, answered the problems yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know just can't, can't really get back after it and coach uh, sometimes it's just the old body runs out on you, right, Phil? Yeah, yep. that's what's happened there with with old Brad. I mean, he's 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 good. He's still around and all that. Uh, last time I saw him, he looked okay. It was uh, before the 2018 Tennessee game in Columbia. Um, looked good. Had a great conversation with him. Actually, he told me uh, this was long before Fedora got fired that Mac Brown will be the next coach at North Carolina. I should have tweeted that, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't just because I was trying to be like respectful, but I mean, he probably wouldn't have cared. I should have tweeted that. I'd have scooped everybody in the country. <laughs> like, no way, man. No way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's not going to happen. So, so, the next best thing, if you 
Mike Lowing style of defensive coaching and recruiting, I think it's Tra- Travian Robertson. You know, mm-hmm. it, like I said at the top of the show, there's a, he played for Lowing. He played at South Carolina. Um, if there's ever a situation where they need a new offensive line coach, uh, you have a defensive line coach, I, I think I think you have to give a hard look at Travian. Uh, Craig Craiger says, we need to meet up when JC comes to Columbia next. I don't know when that will be. I think maybe uh, we're going to have a Carolina Rise tailgate at some point. The dates have been kind of up in the air. I think maybe Tennessee. Hmm. Be a good game for me to go to anyway. So yeah. that, would, that, would be, that would be good there. Travis says, I think you guys will finish seven and five. I don't know who Travis is. Travis a fan of, of somebody else? We, uh, I don't know. Maybe another uh, bulldog. Orange fog or a bulldog or orange fog. Or who? And JC, are you going to make it to any games this season? Probably Tennessee. I'm going to Kentucky, the road game. Mm-hmm. So if any of you are in Lexington and you're going to Keeneland on Friday, I'll be there. Uh, uh-huh. Phil, Phil will be. We'll either pre-record the show that day. I'll, I'll probably be like totally out Thursday. And we'll pre-record a pre-game for Friday because I've got to leave here on Thursday to get down there and meet up with some friends. But uh, that's it. Craiger says, great segment with hell, very informative. And please get Lawing on. Let's see how I can do that. This is Lawing has some crazy stories. Uh, Hutch says, I believe Chris Peel told the Michigan 24-7 guys he's visiting them this weekend. Yeah, Michigan. Uh, Hale didn't mention Michigan, but Michigan is in the databases up there. Michigan, uh, they, could, they could be appealing to that kid. A little bit. Like I said, he's one I kind of wrote off a long time ago, and Hale's kept up with him. And um, I sort of differ in my opinion with Hale that I, I think Love probably would be the better, I mean, the, the more likely get at this point, just based on some of my information. Mm-hmm. Uh, him. But uh, look, I've been full since we started this show, I've been full speed ahead with uh, the show, uh, the team. Carolina rides, uh, all that good stuff. Um, so I, I kind of left recruiting for the first time in years. I've kind of left it to hell. I, I need to get an update, man. <laughs> it's like, man, it's like, you need to take your butt to the eye doctor. Yeah, you need to get you an update on recruiting there. So continue it on the IL Consulting Mailbag. Justin says, here's a thought I've had. I understand check with me offense at the line, but I really thought last week it messed with the rhythm a little bit. I agree, and I wish they would have done it last year early when you had the quarterback trying to bark out this long cadence. And they started doing it around Kentucky last year. Uh, but yeah, every, almost every step, uh, Rattler gave the hard count and checked the sideline. Rattler seems like a rhythm guy. And again, while I understand, I also think you have to let these guys get into the rhythm and play football. I'm no analyst, so maybe they checked in some good things, but I don't know. Keep up the great work, love the show. Yeah, I, I think I think if you're gonna, all right. So when they, when you do the check with me, Phil, um, and that's basically, I'm sure you know this, but it's basically when the quarterback goes to the line, they look like they're gonna snap it, and then they all turn and look at the sideline. Spurrier era, completely, yeah. <laughs> completely the Spurrier era, right? Mm-hmm. To me, that's sort of faking tempo. It's not really true tempo. Um, when the head ball coach was sitting there dialing them up, I I, I was like, take as long as you want, sir. That's right. Yeah, snap it at one. <laughs> yeah, because Spurrier was very liberal with how he used his timeouts. And sometimes he, God, let's shoot him a call timeout first play of the game. Well, he's usually getting into something that's that's good, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where we're kind of at a deficit from an analysis standpoint, is it? Because we don't know the initial call. Yeah, you know, we don't. 
Yeah, and we don't know if their call was actually changed or if he's just looking over. And I mean, that's uh, you just you never know at that point. You know what? I think probably the better option would be, you know, let Spencer read the deal. Well, if, it depends on you know, just go fast, call it and haul it, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. Rather, let him, you know, make the, get in the perfect play call, and if. Uh, you know, do some options, but you know, this offense is different than Spurrier's offense too, because think about it. It's Spurrier's offense. You're, you're running like all this stuff that he created uh, with names, steamers, mills, mm. all that good stuff, semi. Uh, and a lot of times in his offense, the, the receiver has an option route, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, you can um, you snap the ball. And if the receiver reads cover two, like if a, if a team's trying to disguise or whatever, uh, he runs this pattern. If it's cover three, he runs this pattern. Mm-hmm. That's why you a lot of times have guys running wide open because the receiver would make that read going out. It's almost harder to play receiver for Steve Spurrier than to play uh, <laughs> than to play quarterback. But um, you know that was able that enabled them still. They still didn't go ninety miles an hour and go tempo, but but something like that would be more beneficial. You know, some of these teams that go uh, crazy fast all the time, like Tennessee, I, I, I don't know if South Carolina has that in their play. Yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. if, if I could do that, I probably would. You know, I would, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would probably go as fast as you can against Georgia and wear those big old guys out Yeah, uh, and all that. There, there's really, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I didn't watch the second half of the Oregon game because it was over at that point. <laughs> but did they, how long did the one stay in? Oh gosh, I think the offense might have gone twenty-eight three. Yeah, it was twenty-eight three at the half. It was quickly forty-two to three. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgia's probably a pretty rested, rested football. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't played but two halves of football, but it's still you know you're. Well, even that, it was like if you can make this a game, you're going to press them because nobody's played sixty minutes of football on that team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they, they haven't been in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They're drinking Gatorade. Um, so that's good. Uh, Bilton says, uh, anything new with Harbor? Or are we still in decent position? South Carolina, I still think the leader heading in. Uh, got to have a good visit. Got to survive the other visits. Uh, but South Carolina has a great plan. Great plan. Uh, Saunders says, my favorite Spurrier motif was him immediately throwing for the end zone if you were remotely close after a big momentum swing. Yeah, you know what's crazy, Saunders? The one time Brian McClendon did that. <laughs> Or any offensive coordinator under Muschamp did that, you know. And I'm talking, you know, not just calling a pass after a sudden change, but going downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, was in the Outback Bowl against Michigan. Jake yeah. threw a strike to Brian McClendon, who yeah. jumped up and got it, and was a touchdown. And it worked. It's funny how, yeah, it's kind of. Oh, that, that gave me some faith in, in McClendon being a play caller. And honestly, if you think about all these guys that have been through here calling plays since. Uh, Spurrier left. Yeah, McClendon's probably the most successful. You could probably couldn't argue that McClendon's not the most successful one. Of course, he's on the other side. He makes his return to Williams Bryce yeah. again as the <laughs> receivers coach. May I'm, I'm sure most game fans hope his recruiting and evaluations there go as well as they would at South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to recruit at Georgia, man. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's a little I, different. <laughs> I think all those guys from from Muschamp to T. Rob to God Alabama Wolford at Alabama now, all those guys realize like 
hey, it's a lot easier to recruit to, to Georgia or Florida or wherever mm-hmm. than it is here. One thing I do like about this game, though, JC, is it seems like, I mean, there's been some kind of talk about Muschamp, obviously, but I'm glad that hasn't been a major theme of this, the return of Muschamp, that nobody's obsessed with that, you know, because yeah, like, that's not where we needed to be. I was worried about that coming into this week. Well, they uh, Jordan asked me about it on the Dogs podcast because I think, I think the dog fans are kind of talking about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but there are. It's not just Muschamp, Mike Bobo. That's a mm-hmm. lot of people's favorite, right? You know, and, and McClendon. <laughs> Uh, who's my favorite, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I actually like Mike Bobo and Will Muschamp, you know, I, I never knew Brian McClendon. I just, and I, I thought he did a pretty good job first year calling plays, not so much the second year, uh, wow. but obviously he kept his eye off the ball at receiver, um, <laughs> position, but you know, he's back, McClendon's back, Bobo's back, Muschamp's back. There are a bunch of happy dogs down between the hedges in Georgia. <laughs> glory, glory for all the Will Muschamp, Brian McClendon, they're all back home. So uh, VJ says, heaven forbid something happens that creates an OC opening, but would Shane consider GA Magus? I didn't consider him the first time around, so I I don't know. Uh, all I can say about that is, is that I love GA Mangus's offense. And I, I think it's a college, an offense that's sort of the the same offense that was very successful at South Carolina uh, when Spurrier was here from about 2010, 2014. Uh, it's worked at other levels. It's worked for the New York Guardians of the uh, XFL. Um, you know, you got a guy that Steve Spurrier and Kevin Gilbride both won't let, let hand them the, the play sheet, let them call it. Uh, I think it's a pretty good, pretty good coach. Um, you know, as far as what Beamer would do if there's an OC change, you know, second game, don't really want to get into it. I, I have my thoughts as to what probably should need to occur should that hypothetical scenario take place, uh, but I'll save those uh, for a later, later day. Craig says, JC, can I make my wife start calling me Craiger? Absolutely. If yeah. you get the Manscaped performance, I was going to say that's right. You got to get, get the Manscaped performance package. package you get that kind of permission, Craiger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, so anyway, so yeah, looking at this game. All right. So tomorrow we're going to have Michael Flint and Jordan Hill on. Is it Jordan Hill? Jordan Hill. Jordan, Jordan Hill. Hill. Uh, I keep wanting to call him Jordan Davis because. With Jordan, Jordan Davis on Carolina's roster and then a Jordan Davis on Georgia last year. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know Jordan that well. He's sort of newish in our business, but a really good podcaster and stuff. Uh, so we're going to have him on tomorrow to talk dogs. And then you guys gave us really big, good feedback with Michael Flint last week. And I thought Mike had a great segment last week and uh, all that good stuff, except his camera kept falling off of his computer. <laughs> that, I, that, it was such a good segment. Nobody cared about that. It was right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a, you're, you're, you're like in Phantom of the Opera. You're playing the Phantom and your mask falls off twice, <laughs> but you're so damn good at singing it, you know, that everybody stands up and applauds anyway. There's ladies crying and stuff at the end. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how Michael Flint's segment went last week. Sometimes the blemishes are more endearing than a per- perfectly polished podcast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Soda City says, Hey, hope you and Jay Phil are doing well. I've been thinking about what you said over the years about how Carolina should be a special preparation offense. 
This is from the iHelp Consulting Mailbag, by the way. I think it's very relevant now. We need to look at schools that do more with less to understand what's best at Carolina. Schemes at places like App State, ECU, Billy Napier at Louisiana. Going to disagree with that. Phil Longo and the guys from the Browse Tree uh, that would take what many would consider inferior talent and have sustained success year after year. Uh, and I, I'll read the rest of this later. This is this is sort of long. I got the got the whole thing. It's just kind of about. <clears throat> oh, he says, "Thank take care and go go Cox. Thanks for all you do for the Gamecock community. Thank you, so to say." Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you make some good points here. What I'm going to say is like the the App State scheme is basically the Sean Elliott scheme. You have to have a dual threat quarterback most of the time. I know Chase Bryce is making it work with not not being a dual threat this year. Uh, so there's some of these things you got to be careful of. You mentioned Napier at Louisiana. I don't think it's a sure thing that that offense uh, is going to work at Florida because it seems like Kentucky just kept Anthony Richardson from running the ball, and uh, that's all they need to do to win. Um, he hasn't thrown a touchdown to his own team. Yeah, yet, I just don't – yeah, I'm not – I mean, what, what that offense is basically is – it's like Dan Mullen's offense, but without the bells and whistles yeah. and, 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 and window dressing. Mm-hmm. I'll say this. I like Dan Mullen's offense. I don't know that you can hire Dan Mullen. I mean, you want to talk about a personality, <laughs> personality of a shoe. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that he would fit the culture, but who cares? He's a guy that you just put him up in the box and have him call ball play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what you need. You need a guy that's just like a guru. Like, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, some bridge troll, and all he yeah, does is sit back there drawing them up. You know, <laughs> you know, get everybody else to recruit. But I like, the, I, love, I love the Mullen offense. Uh, I love anything from the Bryles tree uh, that would work at Carolina. You know, I, I don't know that. Here's the thing. People ask me, like, do you think Marcus Satterfield's system is going to work at South Carolina? I don't know what the hell the system is. Yeah. What is it? We I, I don't, I don't really know what, you know, it, it's it's a, it's a collection of plays. And then some of the, and honestly, a lot of the plays are really good, you know, but mm-hmm. like, okay, I could, you know, like, like okay, so you're, you're, so you're writing an actual stage play, right? There's a lot of great acts and scenes and vignettes. And, and things like that. But I don't know what the hell the story is. Yeah. I don't know the storyline. <laughs> I mean, that's a heck of a scene, but then, you know, we get to something else and I'm not, I'm like, well, wait a minute, you're losing me here. You know, that, that, that's kind of how I feel about it. But look, guys, it's been 15 games. Uh, there were some, <laughs> I didn't see them do anything last year with the exception of those two passes in the bowl like they did against Arkansas where they just rocked it down the field, you know, like they did. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I understand that from, you know, even, but let's, let's let it play out. I mean, let, let's let it play out through Kentucky, right? Things may not go well against Georgia this weekend because Georgia's number one in the country and Georgia's Georgia. And keep in mind too, South Carolina's now have back-to-back games against top 10 teams. Okay. Yeah. That, that's brutal. Right. Yeah. Um, Let's see, you know, I don't think there needs to be any struggling with Charlotte or SC State. Like, they struggled with Troy and Vandy in East Carolina last year. That's for sure. I think somebody would love to have them hang half a hundred on somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then go to Kentucky, shoot your shot, and see what happens. And, and after that, you know, you go on the open date. Uh, you see some of the same old, same old against Kentucky, and maybe you struggle against the little guys a little bit. Then, then I think at that open date, uh, it's time to really start thinking about things, right? Uh, but, you know, I, I could see a scenario where things happen well and, you know, the, this thing starts clicking and, and whatever, and, and then we all understand what the offense is because it started to click. It's much easier for us to go, well, here's what here's what the scheme is, Phil, Sort of when it's working, then when it's not, you know, yeah, like, yeah. What are you, what, what's the thought? Because when, when it's not working, you have to like read minds. When mm-hmm. it is working, you go, oh, I see what you did there. You know, that, yeah, yeah. And right now it remains to be seen. And we don't say that as, you know, a slight or anything negative at this point, yeah. you know, because we, we're coming into the season fresh with Satterfield. So yeah. it, it was like, you know, I don't think in two games, one of which is against what is could arguably be a top five opponent, <laughs> and then the third game, number one. So yeah. you know, it's, I mean, K- I, Kentucky's a top ten right now too. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to get your shot there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now they beat Ole Miss. They have another cupcake. They'll be undefeated heading to Carolina and in the top ten. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if they'll beat Ole Miss or not. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I think I think what we may get to see kind of. How things go. Uh, Jared says Satterfield's the poor man's Charlie Weiss. <laughs> well, I'll I'll just say this, Jared. I don't know that, but I'll say this. Charlie Weiss's offense from that year he was at Florida under Muschamp was way, 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 way too difficult for those kids to learn. Mm-hmm. Way too difficult. Um, Spencer said Keeneland Friday, then the game Saturday is the move. Everyone needs to do that back to back when they can. I will be there, Spencer, on uh on Friday with friends. Already got tickets to Keeneland. Uh, Keeneland's a, for those of you who don't know, it's a horse racing track in Lexington. And when the Gamecocks, Gamecocks typically go up there that time of year. They, they've missed it a few times here and there, but uh, never done it. Going to drive down, got my hotel, got my tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going to go hang out with uh, my buddy Margo, my buddy Jan, and my fiance. And go watch some horse races, maybe do a little bourbon tour. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Des Benito says, look at the Panthers offense the last three years. We should know what we are getting into. Well, the idea was not necessarily to, to, to run the Panthers offense. That's not what everybody thought. It was to, to run Joe Brady's offense, right? Mm-hmm. which I have questions as to whether that works. Because LSU tried to mimic it after Brady left. And it just didn't. Yeah, without Burrow. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe. Hey, they, they roll out something like Brady run, runs with, with this group. I wouldn't – maybe that's what they were trying to do. I don't know. Go to mm-hmm. Saturday. Just go full no, Joe no. Brady. I'm Joe Brady and I'm the Joe Brady and the, the, the real <laughs> Joe Brady. <laughs> <Please stand up. laughs> that's kind of cool. What a day. Eminem, Steve Winwood. We've been all over it today, man. Uh, rock and rolled, laid the gauntlet down on cancel culture, had a moment of silence for Brian Brees' sister. It's It's been a range of emotions today, folks. Mm-hmm. show. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you uh, for tuning in. Our numbers continue to grow. I really appreciate that. I'm kind of floored. I mean, I thought it'd take a little while to get this thing going, but we no, get we it. really get it, yeah. We love interacting with you. Don't forget to get your manscape, especially you, Craig. Uh, so your wife can call you Craiger. Don't don't forget that. That's right. Hey, and everybody on YouTube and uh Facebook, go ahead and give us a like, hit the hit the thumbs up button. 
Yeah, yeah, like button, subscribe, the subscribe button. It doesn't cost you anything. That that helps us too. All right, for Phil Mullinex, this is JC Sherbert. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Thanks to Chris and to Hale for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, Georgia expert previewing the Bulldogs, and then Michael Flint Friday focus right here on the Inside the Game Costa Show.